Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back, baby. It's the Horns Up Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disopolis, DJ himself, Nikki Snacks, Kreider. Gentlemen, we go to Fort Worth. We're dominating most of the game. It's pretty much been the tail of the season pretty weirdly, or almost the tail of our entire Longhorn tenure. We let the teams come back in, but at least the football gods are on our side this time around, um, and we're able to close games out and get the wins late in games, which is pretty nice. We win by the tune of 29 to 26. Uh, big elephant in the room and maybe we, we could even start there because we were talking about it throughout the entirety of the game with Jonathan Brooks and his unfortunate ACL injury this late in the season or at, at any point really ever um he was our best player offensively this season I think I feel comfortable and I speaking for all of us and thinking that I don't know if he would have gotten to New York um but he was a guy that we were talking about could be the first running back taken off the board in the NFL draft um, and it's probably going to look like, fortunately for maybe Longhorns, but we don't know what capacity it'll be because the ACL, again, the ACL tears in November. He'll have to come back next season probably and, and rebuild some of his his draft stock back up. But it's just a really terrible injury for a young man who was having a really awesome season filling the shoes that we thought were going to be so difficult to fill. After the first two games, he's been red hot on fire. He was great in the past game in TCU. And again, it was just like really good safety valve and a really good guy in pass blocking for Quinn. Um, so it's a really terrible loss we had for Jonathan Brooks, but good to see Quinn Ewers back in the fold. Um, good to see Worthy have a really nice game. Uh, and good to see us escape from a, our last matchup against TCU for maybe what could be a long time uh, in their Super Bowl of the season after they lost, you know, their, after last year, their, their big turnover. It was a big it was a big undertaking to, do, to repeat for TCU, and they weren't able to do what they did last year. So this was a really meaningful game for them at home against us, and it's good to see us come out on top and hold on to the victory. Yeah, he, I, he had a chance to go to New York, in my opinion. Um, Dovey's not going to win it, but if he were to play a full season, I mean, three more, three more games left on the slate, he had a shot at fifteen hundred yards on the ground, mm. and probably you know close to fourteen touchdowns on the ground. Jesus, and that's not even including what he has on the air too. So definitely very unfortunate. I mean, we were texting back and forth that you know first running back taken, but also maybe some hot takes of him potentially being a better downfield runner than Bijan. I mean, we had the discussion. Bijan's a better athlete, more of a freak. I think more lateral quickness and more power and burst, but Jonathan just has like a different gear that he puts it in and he doesn't really lose steam when he's running. Uh, he runs mad, as you said, but yeah, very unfortunate. We're super you know, sad about this loss and, and hope for him to have a speedy recovery, not just, you know, for our sake, but we want to see him be a successful pro in the league. I mean, that's one of the cool things about being a Longhorn is like always having professionals that kind of still wear the, the burn orange and still rep the university when they're in the league. And it makes us look all that better. I mean, running back you is something that we've always been proud of, but yeah, uh, prayers up for, for JB. Next man up, though, said B. 
CJ Baxter is a great guy to to fill the shoes, and I think that he's gonna come out swinging hard against this Iowa State defense. And you know, hopefully, we get the run game, you know, as as to where it was. I mean, Jaden Blue has been good this year, and we've got great guys that can plug in there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it, it was it was something. I, I think it's worth mentioning and just noting just the patience of Jonathan Brooks with the program as well, right? Like. This guy sat behind Bijan and Roshan for for two years, and he finally was able to to get his shot again. Like we've mentioned a couple of times on this show, with Quan and without Quan, um, coming into the season, he was not the starter, right? Like CJ was the starter in game one, and then he gets banged up, and Jonathan Brooks wins that job, and, and he did, you know, what he did as we've been talking about. So it's. It's crushing, really. I mean, he's such an important part of this offense, and um, I, th- I think projecting forward for this Texas Longhorn team, I, I know like CJ will do a great job of filling in that role, and, and Keelan as well, right? He'll be he'll be utilized too, um, but we'll miss having JB out there. Um, it, it won't be the same, and and you know he's sixth in rushing yards in the NCAA, and that could have changed over the course of the next couple of games, like you're talking about, Nick. And you know, knock on wood, we get to the Big Twelve championship, but. It's brutal, right? Like the projections for from non Longhorn fans was that was that this guy was a third round pick, maybe a second round pick, um, and that obviously changed. That injury changes everything, um, especially an ACL injury. And so, you just you trust our training staff um, and 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 just the the medical staff on on the you know that's a part of the Texas football family to help him get right. And I know he's going to put in the work because that guy's a he's a hard worker. He's a dog. Um, shard choice obviously he he tweeted out you know just his sympathies for him and and i think you know just even more i have more praise and adulation for shard choice than i think you know he's getting credit for like our running back room has been fantastic for the last two years since he's been with the program um and i i expect it to remain that way as long as he's with us um so it's a it's a huge blow and i think that's why like we have we had to talk about it we had to talk about it at the top of the show because of what this guy's he's been our best our pl- he's been our best player yeah yeah he's been our best and it's, a, it's a good good shout out to chart to shard choice and we spoke about it maybe you know maybe over the entire tenure of this podcast of how important it is to have the, the right position coaches and the right assistant coaches and the right guys in the room that's how alabama and all these great programs do it so having that guy it should not go unnoticed um i'll give you guys a takeaway two takeaways, a positive takeaway and a negative takeaway um, from this from this uh, event that occurred on Saturday. Positive takeaway or pass block. I mean, everybody graded absolutely perfectly, um, pretty much, you know, top to bottom. I think our lowest graded player on offense pulling on, on our uh, pass block report. Sorry, I just had it Christian out. Jones. Um, it's some a- bad penalties. In, in this game, I feel no. Like. Christian Jones was eighty four point seven. Calvin mm-hmm. Banks was eighty seven point six. Jake Majors was eighty three point eight. Hayden Connor was eighty one point two. Four offensive linemen in the eighties. Jonathan Brooks was eighty point nine in pass blocking. Uh, DJ Campbell's our lowest was seventy point seventy five point eight. So still pretty strong. And then and Cedric CJ Baxter was seventy four point eight. So our pass blocking was pretty remarkable um, from our offensive linemen. And I would say my negative takeaway, I might be stealing your thunder toss, uh, but it's just a tale as old as time at this point. You're so bad on third down. And I don't, I don't understand it considering the, considering the weaponry we have. Yes. We view worthy and AD Mitchell as deep threat type of guys, but they are also, they're also really strong possession receivers. 
We have Jatavian Sanders, who, again, is being underutilized. I think we have to hit that point home. Uh, and then even Helm, you know, in Jatavian's absence this season has been really strong. So we have really good safety valves. It's just a conundrum to me why we can't execute and, and be efficient on third down. And ultimately, I think it's one of the reasons our inability to sustain drives is why these teams are getting chances to come back into this game. Yeah, it's it's hard to argue against that. And I think we were 31% on third down conversions four for 13 and we had one chance that where we went for it on fourth down and we didn't get that one either where we fell short and it was a turnover on downs um so extending drives like you're saying is something that the best teams in college football do week in week out and that to me is the big difference between us and some of the rest of the teams that are in that are ranked ahead of us in the cfp and and a few teams behind us as well and, and you know that was something that Quan texted us after the game obviously he was on the call um on the radio but he was you know a little bit of i told you so fellas like we we have to learn how to win before we learn how to be champions right mm -hmm. and i think kwan's exactly right and i think I, I saw that same sentiment echoed by a lot of longhorns that are in the league um just across x and across social media um chris warren you know he was echoing that sentiment so was demarvion uh over sean and, and just like we said last week I think a couple of times, like Sark hasn't had a 10 win season as a, as a head coach in college football. So us getting there first, like these guys, Quinn, this is really his second year as a QB and, and he still is not going to have played a full season, you know, if he oh, remains healthy, up. right. Yeah. And so these guys are, they're learning how to win. And we got away with a, another dub for the third week in a row where things looked really, really tough at the very end of the game. Now I felt more comfortable with how we looked in the fourth quarter, even though they ended up scoring 20 points. Um, but my takeaway is again, like if we're not going to hold on to the possession, if we're not going to win the TOP battle, I just, I keep scratching my head at the shell coverage that we're running with our, with our playmakers on the defensive side, with our athletes out there in the defensive backfield. Like it just is not going to work. And someone will beat us doing that. If we play seven yards off the line of scrimmage, on their wideouts, like they will take advantage. They already are taking advantage. They're doing it every single week. At one point, we won't make that stop. And, and it's going to result in us losing a football game. Like, and we just have to adjust. And I just don't see those adjustments being made in the second half from, from PK schematically. And I, and I really need to see that change uh, when we go to Ames and play Iowa State. Yeah, absolutely. Nikki? Yeah, I mean, I think for me, um, just the play calling in the second half, just mm. felt like we took the, the our, our foot off the gas a little bit. And, you know, a team that prides itself on the all gas, no breaks, can't be doing that. I mean, <laughs> I think we were sitting here in the fourth quarter and they had mentioned that Quinn's only thrown the ball like eight or nine times in the second half. And that's why this TCU team started to close the gap. I mean, of course, our run game was great all, all game long, but I'll be honest, like four yards a carry is fine, but that's not like blow your socks off amazing run game. We, we rushed the ball 41 times in this game for 165 yards. Now there were some big runs and of course, you know, Jonathan, you know, had some breakaways, but I really have liked to see them get a little more creative. I mean, I think towards the end of the game, we were not even like trying to disguise the fact that they're running. We were just running it three straight times and then punting the ball. Mm -hmm. And I just didn't really see 
see that. I mean, I, you want to instill some confidence in Quinn, and and obviously they did that late in the game where they went to AD Mitchell deep and they relied on him there. Um, but I just would have liked to see the play call just continue to be all gas, no breaks. You know, we're still sitting here not able to climb the forty point hump. This is the first game that all season long we didn't score thirty points. Um, and this is a TCU defense that has been vulnerable all season long as well. So I would have liked to exploit that a little bit more. Um, but I mean, on on the good side, you know, the good takeaways, of course, you had mentioned already our O-line did great. They didn't allow any sacks, and that's exactly what you want, especially with Quinn coming back from injury for the first time. You know, he didn't really run the ball either. So keeping him off the ground as much as possible is, is definitely huge. Um, but I think the biggest thing here is the bread and butter, Xavier Worthy feeding him who is one of our most electric players on the team feeding Jatavian Sanders, you know, on every catch that he had, um, you know, it's a big first down. These guys are the pinnacles and the cornerstones of our team and our offense. And so getting the ball in their hands in critical moments, you know, AD Mitchell had a touchdown, then he had the game ceiling catch. Like that's what you need to do. That's what the big programs do. Ohio state is super good and they're number one in the nation, and they just feed Marvin Harrison Jr. You know, LSU feeds Malik neighbors. Like, feed your playmakers as much as possible. I don't want to see games where Xavier Worthy only has three catches. Like, I want him – I want every game where it's at least seven catches. This game, luckily, he had ten. And what happened? We won the ball game. And most of that was in the first half. And so that's why I was kind of perplexed why we weren't continuing to go to our bread and butter in the second half because – X has that ability to just put it away with one play. I mean, granted, if he if he didn't step out on that one sideline catch that he had, barely stepped out, that's a 57-yard touchdown, you know, and this game looks a lot different. He adds yeah. a lot more yards to his resume there. So getting him the ball, you know, a lot, getting all of our guys the ball a lot, you know, was was something that I think was a huge takeaway. And then you seem to continue to lean on that down the stretch. Yeah. I mean, Jordan Weddington, like his big highlight of the game was a punch out on, on an interception trying to make a tackle. Not yeah. Nothing to do with the receiving end. Like, we're not getting him the ball enough either. Um, and I know Quan, that's a guy that Quan's tight with, so I'd imagine some, there's deep frustration in, in that when he talks to us. Yeah, I mean, you're right. Abandoning Xavier Worthy in the second half, like what's the point? Becoming predictable on offense, what's the point? You know, I maybe maybe they're nursing Quinn back to full health. Maybe he's having some difficulties. And that was definitely like a pink point, like, I really think Sark was underwhelmed with Malik Murphy to the point where he had to bring Quinn into this game, whether he was fully ready to go or not. So maybe we don't have him at full tilt, but at the same time, he did look pretty, he looked pretty sharp by and large. I felt, um, and again, I don't know why we went so conservative. Like you guys were saying in the second half, it was, it was very disappointing to see. Um, I think I don't want a question. I wanted to ask you guys, do you think Quentin's going to come back? Cause I think there's murmurs going on that he's going to come back for his junior season to Texas, um, have arc shit behind him again. I, I honestly, you know, if we're talking professional ball, I think it, it would serve him to do that. Yeah. I think he's probably going to evaluate with his team and, like his team, as in like his reps, his agents, his his management, everyone on that side, I'm sure his family, and they're going to evaluate, okay, where can I re realistically fall in this draft if I can be making more money in college with NIL and I can continue to raise my stock and get healthier, then maybe I, I continue to, to play football here. That's going to leave a really big question, though, is what the Longhorns do with all these quarterbacks because 
I don't necessarily know that Malik Murphy sticks around for another year, knowing that he's got to back up Quinn again. And of course you got Archie Manning waiting there in the wings too. So it just delays the whole process. So, um, I mean, obviously I want what's best for these guys, but at the end of the day, like we, we want to win football games. So if he stays and Arch beats him out, he makes a big mistake. Yeah. I mean, I just, every time I think about QBs who are going to go in the first two rounds, which I think hypothetically, if we finish the season and we do end up winning the big 12 championship, like Mm -hmm. all things are going according to plan. And he probably will be taken in the second round at that point. I, I is my assumption now, again, it's just an assumption, but I I always think about quarterbacks in that scenario who could go in the first, second, not really the third round. Cause I think that's a little bit of a different story. Um, I think about Matt Barkley, right. (laughs) Staying at USC returning for that, that season. And then he completely plummets his, his draft stock and his circumstance in the NFL completely changes and it changes the trajectory of his life in a way. Um, so I think if you have the opportunity to go in the second round as a quarterback, it's really tough to pass up. Right. And I think Quinn, whether he is staying at Texas or going to the NFL, if he's going to the NFL, he is not starting day one. I'll tell you that much. Like he needs to sit behind someone to learn. Um, just like if he stays at Texas, he needs to to work out some of the kinks in his game and obviously like remain healthy for an entire season. Um, you know, and there's definitely things that he can get better at. Of course, every player can. And I think Josh more so on the, the Malik Murphy point that you were making, I think it more, it, it has all to do with start trusting Quinn, right? And the fact that Malik has only played two college football games, like sure. really played in two and he's too hot and cold it's, in both. Sure. Which is what you would expect from a guy who's only played two college football games, right? Yeah. At quarterback at the quarterback position, uh, it's a tremendously difficult position to play. It's the hardest position to play in, in football, in my opinion. Um, so I, I don't knock Malik for that because he's figuring things out as a young man and as a, as a young, talented QB. So um, we want Quinn to be starting. He's been our starter since last spring and that's, that's, we want him out there. And if he can go, I always want him to go. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's kind of my, my take on the, the Quinn to the NFL Quinn staying, but I agree with you. The timeline that we had laid out in the spring and the, in the preseason of Quinn this year, first round pick Malik next year, then he's a top two round pick then arch the following year. Like it's just not going to play out that way. That's I not mean, realistic. I- yeah, I know. I think that those were a little bit wishful thinking thoughts. Yeah, a bit you know, of a pipe but, dream. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah. The fans love to kind of put these hypotheticals and think about the best case scenario. That is the best case scenario, right? Where Quinn has an amazing season. He goes to the first round and then Malik steps up, plays one season, you know, goes to the NFL and then Arch is ready to go. Like that's, but that's not how sports works. You know, there's so many different, you know, things that come out of the way and, and that, surprise you out of the woodwork that you just can't really foresee and so yeah for all we know i mean arch comes and just takes the job from both of them next season or completely the other way around where he's just not ready you know for all we know arch isn't exactly who we think he is i mean there's a lot of reports that people think that he's overrated just because he's a manning so Mm. we'll really have to see but you know we're focused on this season and i'm glad that he is healthy and that he's ready to go i think early on he definitely looked a little you know, uneasy when he threw that first pick, he kind of left it out there. But you know, what I loved is that he went right back to it and he got the deep ball going. Completely different player than what we've seen. Like he's his confidence level and his efficiency is growing. And that's why I think he should, 
I know I agree with you in the sense that, like, yeah, if you're going to be a top two round pick, you go to the NFL draft, you take your money, and you don't overthink it. We've seen Matt Barkley, even Jake Locker, still went in the top ten, but he was going to be the first round pick, first overall pick, and he went back. I'm pretty sure Liner went back to school when he shouldn't have, and we've seen guys do it time and time again. All that being said, I look at the entirety of the you know the whole league right now. Caleb would be the first guy. Drake may probably the second. Bo Nix could be the third guy taken. But that's what he's I'm saying. Like, look, he's, a lot of- he's the perfect example, right? Bo Nix is the prime example. So highly touted after his freshman season at Auburn, everyone is in love with this guy as what he can do in the future years as a college football quarterback. And then he falls out of good graces with like college football media at large. He transfers to Oregon last season. He was, he was productive, but limited. And now he's having a Heisman esque season. He is leading uh, all of college football and completion percentage. He's the, the he's odds on favorite to win pick. the Heisman. He's going to be a top, probably like top 20 pick, right? At this point. Sure. Which, yeah. And so I mean, it all like, worked out. So you never know. Sometimes staying is to your benefit. Other times going is to your benefit, but you it's, it's how do you I know? just think it's to his benefit in the sense that like my point being, I just listened three quarterbacks. Penix will go ahead of him. I don't think I JJ JJ McCarthy hasn't shown me anything to go ahead of him, but he still will probably go ahead of him in a Michigan. So right now we're talking about Quinn being the sixth quarterback. Like that's why Shador Sanders is not coming out. He won't come out and, and Dion won't allow it because he'll be the fifth or sixth quarterback off the board where next year he's got a real shot to be first because it's between him, Drew Aller, who we spoke about in our other show at a Penn State, is not the guy from what we've seen. And then if yeah. you throw Quinn into the mix, all of a sudden Quinn's going to be the favorite. He'd be the second quarterback taken off the board. No question. And then he could really be in play to over. Like there's no way he was ever going to overtake Caleb Williams. He could overtake Shador Sanders next year if he plays great in the SEC. So that's why it makes sense for me for him to come back. On the flip side though, how many quarterbacks were taken before Brock Purdy? Yeah. I mean, like it's all look. And we say it time and time again until the cows come home. Yeah. If being a first round pick is fantastic and, and you know, it's, it's, it's a great accomplishment but it's all about where you end up and where you go and how they develop you and the situation you walk into. Is Mac Jones a great quarterback? No, he got benched. But is there a world where he goes somewhere where there's better weapons, better play calling, he's got better team around him, he's more successful? Absolutely. For a lot of for a lot of the pre-draft talks, people thought that the 49ers had traded up to take Mac Jones, you know, and that would have his career looks very different if he's the 49ers. I, I think so too. I, uh, I will say not something that we brought up in just our takeaway is a positive takeaway for me. Bert was three for three. He hit a 49 yard field goal. Your boy. <laughs> I mean, we don't win that football game if we don't have. No, play, absolutely right? not. You know, like yeah. it's, it's, it's huge. And it's to do it on the road in a hostile environment in Fort Worth, um, you know, even more credit to him. And we've talked about it with Quan last week. And I think I said it two weeks ago, like that's a guy that, that that's probably going to get drafted. Like, but around six or seven, like he's been, he's been that good. He's been that productive for us. And I know he started the season off shakily, but he has turned it around and he has been very clutch since he started um, with those missed three field goals. So yeah, we might be, uh, we might be KU kicker university, honestly, with Cameron Dicker, how he's playing these days. And of course, Justin Tuck. Yeah. I mean, yeah. And I, Phil Dawson. Yeah. Even, even Nick Folk, who I know, like, when we were there, a lot of people had animosity towards him for missing that extra point. He went and he Rose. kicked for the Nick. for Nick Rose. Sorry, Nick. Yeah. Nick, Folk. Nick Folk obviously is doing his thing and has been for a long time. Uh-huh. Uh, but Nick Rose got to the NFL and he kicked like, and we know we know what our punters are doing in the NFL. They're crushing it. So yeah. our, our special teams have always been fantastic, and right. I love that we're we're consistent at that phase of of football. But 
And I know it's we just pilot. We keep highlighting yeah. this guy, but Devondre Sweat. If you if you just like were not to watch the game and not really care about the game, but just literally watched him play the whole time, he is so fun to watch. Like just getting around, super fast hands. You know, he's a big boy, plays with just a lot of fun, but also just a lot of intensity. Yeah. I mean, like I like chose sometimes just in defensive plays. I'm like, I'm not even gonna watch this play up play out. I'm just gonna watch him. And he's working his way into the first round. Big has to be big. You know, him Murphy, like Murphy's going to be a him and Murphy should be picked in at least the second round. To be honest, like both those guys have, I don't know where Watts will be taken, but he always has a solid game for me. Yeah. Yeah. Like, um, last couple of things, last couple of things, uh, Wardell Mack cornerback recruit flipping from Florida over to Texas. Big get for us. That was nice. We love to see a good old fashioned flip ski um, for PK and the defensive side of the ball for Texas. Bring, bring back DB. We're talking about KU. Bring back DBU, baby. Um, so that was a really nice addition for us uh, this yeah. past weekend. And Horns basketball two and zero and Cardinal State. Got to beat the teams that you're better than. Have it's to. so weird. I mean, I think I think people are a little nervous. We were we really pulled away in the second game. You know, towards the end. But these guys have not played a, a shekel of basketball together. It's going to take yeah. a little time for this team to get acclimated. So well, we got to trust our they team. You better get acclimated quickly because after this Rice game, you got Louisville, and we always know their program plays good ball. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I I would say one other thing, just in the football um, landscape, right? Like guys, CF, CFP at large, there were a lot of opportunities for teams ahead of us to lose this past weekend, and mm-hmm. pretty much all of them did not and they won the games they needed to um so the the window is closing a little bit uh on how many more opportunities we have with some of these teams ahead of us that we need to lose some games but we know things will get crazy especially around rivalry week um the implications of rivalry week might be more than they ever have been since i since maybe like when Pitt beat wvu like that weekend was crazy because there were like five things that needed to happen um and they all did i think that was the year where LSU ended up winning with like two losses on their, their record. Um, that was crazy. And this is, this reminds me of that. Like Michigan state has been bad all season, but when they play Michigan, like, and if Michigan has beaten Ohio state at that point, like who knows what can happen? Obviously we played tech at that point. We got to beat Ohio beat, beat Iowa state before we get there, but that game's going to be crazy. Florida, Florida state will be nuts. Um, there we are, are big of- Oregon state fans. The Beavers are on a the Beavers yeah. are on a bit of a war path. The, the Pac-12 is very much open for the Beavers to get to the championship. Yeah, I don't expect a lot of the uh, teams ahead of us to lose this week, but the one game that we're really circling that we're keeping our eyeballs on is definitely Washington, Oregon State. I mean, every other team besides Washington has a pretty cupcake matchup. Um, yep. It's all going to come down to rivalry week, in my opinion, because there are some pretty interesting matchups. You know whether the team they're playing against is good or not. I mean, Bama and Auburn, Florida, Florida state, like Oregon, Oregon state. Like these are, these are big games that mean a lot, you know, regardless of record, Washington, Wazoo, that that's going to be a huge one as well. So give uh, us some help. Come on. We need it. We need it, baby. We need help. Fisher to We don't need help though. Fisher to DJ and Nikki snacks. Carter. We'll see you guys next time with Quan Cosby. Get your horns up. We outcha. We love you.
Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.